Hey everyone, welcome to 11 Questions, where each week we meet a new guest and get to know them. This is your host Aman Tiwana and today we are meeting Sana Raja, who is an essayist and a novelist. Let's get to know her with 11 Questions. Hi Sonara, welcome to 11 Questions. Hi, nice to be here, Aman. My first question for you is, are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm definitely a morning person, although these days I don't know. I don't know. I keep watching television until late at night and then uh, sort of hesitate to wake up in the morning. But I, I, I'll say morning person. It's happening to all of us, though. We are just hooked on to either Instagram scrolling or watching TV. Any semblance of routine is just going away right now. Exactly. Yeah. What is day? What is night? <laughs> I know. COVID just took all of it away. Exactly. What's your most favorite place in the entire world? Juhu Beach in Bombay. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I absolutely love it. It's got so many memories from my childhood. You know, one of my favorite sensations to feel the the sea, you know, sort of pulling away from you when your feet get dug into the sand. The first time I felt it was on Juhu Beach. So it will always have a special place in my heart. It's my favorite place. And did you always want to be a writer? You know, that's a really good question. I think I did, but I didn't know it because I started writing really early in my childhood. And then I remember that my sixth grade friend recently on Facebook reminded me that in sixth standard, what it was called in India, that I used to write stories and give them to my friends and my classmates. And I didn't know that I was doing, I'd forgotten that I was doing that. So I think I always wanted to, but I only realized it much later in life. That's kind of (laughs) cool. You're already sending your stories out in the world (laughs) in sixth standard. Kind of, yeah. I don't know how good they were. (laughs) (laughs) And now, do you follow a writing routine? No, there's no routine. I wish there were. I wish I were disciplined and would wake up every morning and write for a while. But no, there's no routine. But I'll tell you what works best for me is when I'm on a deadline. Or if I'm at a writing retreat, and I know that sounds very fancy, but really that's where, you know, I'm able to switch off from other work pressures and and get my headspace all clear. And all I have to do is think about the story. And that's where I do my best writing. And if I don't have a retreat coming up, I make sure to take that time and go away somewhere and write. That's best. Or if I have a deadline, then no matter where I am, I'll just sit down and be disciplined and write. And what inspires your writing? I'm driven by social justice issues, right? I'm driven by something in society that feels wrong or uh, unjust. And then there's a story that sort of is around that issue. And I'm drawn to that. And I'm drawn to writing very human, uh, you know, getting to the heart of that, feeling the heartbeat of that issue, but humanizing it in terms of people. Like, what does it mean for people? What does it mean for love among human beings and do you ever face any kind of challenges to stay committed or stay creative in your writing process well i think the biggest challenge is time you know all writers will say oh i don't have enough time to write and that i think that is true for me too you know just having a full-time job as a professor and earlier it was you know being a mom and a single mom just like day-to-day stuff you know uh, and and you know the extra work that women do in general now I have more time, you know, my son has grown and out of the house. So I have less of that challenge. But I think I make I make little hurdles for myself and little stumbling blocks for myself. <laughs> but I think that is the that's the challenge. Fortunately, I haven't 
had a dearth of ideas or anything. I hope I never have to face that challenge. I hope there are always stories that I want to tell. And when you're not writing, what else do you like to do? I like to read. I like to write. I like to hang out with friends. I like to walk my dog. I like to swim. I like to stare into space. More than anything else, I love when I am doing absolutely nothing and just kind of staring out the window, letting my thoughts wander. You know, that kind of solitude, that kind of meditative space is something that I really, really uh, love and cherish. And I miss it when I don't have it, when things get really hectic and I don't have the time to just stare into space. I can feel it very much in my body and in my mind. Now, you mentioned that you like to read. So if you could go on a coffee date with a fictional character, who would you pick? Oh, my goodness. A coffee date with a fictional character. Who would I pick? That is a very, very interesting and difficult question. Oh, my God. Would I go for someone that's dangerous and try to figure out what their mind is like? Or would I go for someone that I really... You know, I, I love the the character of Zora in Zadie Smith's On Beauty. I think I have friends like that. I think I would like to meet that character because I feel like we would be friends. And if I switch that to a real person, dead or alive, who would you take with you? I would love to bring Rabindranath Tagore with me. I would have so many questions for him. I would love to just listen to him asking people questions. I would love to listen to him speak and sing or anything else. So, yeah. And if you were to be deserted on an island with three books only, which three books would you pick? Oh my God, that is such a good question. It's so hard to answer. Which three books would I pick? Well, uh, let's see. I think I would pick Vikram Seth's Golden Gate. I absolutely love that. And it's such a lovely book to read, even little snatches of his poetry. It's, you know, it's poetry in prose. It's a whole novel in, uh, in poetry. I think I would bring that one. I would bring a journal. A journal would be nice to write down, at least number my days and see, like, you know, when someone finds my body there. <laughs> I would like Gitanjali by Rabindranath Tagore. I would definitely bring that poetry. Looks like I'm leaning toward poetry. Let's see. Which other book would I want to bring? You know, this sounds very narcissistic, but I think I would like to bring my book, How to Raise a Feminist Son, just so I could reminisce, just so I could read it and kind of remember parts of the stories of my son. But I guess that that is committed to memory as well. So that would be a waste of a book. I should do better. I should think a little <laughs> bit harder. <laughs> it's a waste. Like I already have my memory. So I'm, I'm looking at my bookcase and... I don't know. I think the third one's just going to have to be something that I grab on, you know, like on instinct on my way out. <laughs> For our last question, if you were to pick one interesting life experience or story to tell us today, what would you tell us? The day I, I moved to Seattle, when I came here to Seattle, a place that I am so happy, even though my favorite place in the world is Juhu Beach in Bombay. This is second best, I guess, in, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I moved to Seattle with not a single, not knowing a single person in this city. The only person I knew was the department chair that hired me. And I only knew him from the interview that, you know, he'd had with me. And it was just me and my son as a single mother, not sure of what my life was going to turn out to be. 
and it turned out to be absolutely beautiful. And now I have more friends than I can actually manage, more friends than I can handle, which is a good problem to have. <laughs> more friends than I have time for. And and I think that has given me so much confidence, you know, being able to build a whole new life and build an incredible life here. And I think that is the day I decided to do that or the day I arrived here and realized, okay, this is it. This is going to be my home now. And then finding myself the happiest and most fulfilled and most self-actualized in Seattle, I think, has been just incredible. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Sonora, for answering my questions. Oh, thank you so much for your great questions. And now I also want to talk about your book, How to Raise a Feminist Son. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I have checked their website and there are so many amazing options that I can't wait to try. Go to the link in the show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. And now I also want to talk about your book, How to Raise a Feminist Son. I love the title. And I want to know what motivated you to write this book? Well, I think we need to raise feminist sons, you know, so the general, the larger picture of, okay, we need to change masculinity. We need to lovingly, you know, and who's the person you love, like among men, right? You definitely love the boys that are close to you in your life. And for me, it was my son. So just recognizing that that is where the next chance for humanity lies to have really gentle, tender hearted men. I think that was the larger framework. And then the, the other part was as a writer, I wanted to write a memoir. And as I started to write it, I found myself writing more of stories about my motherhood or my mother son experience. So that sort of melded with this moment that we're in where we're examining traditional masculinity and saying let's do better and I realized that was really sort of a a theme for my life and I was working on that and that was you know so it came together. I love that you have written this book I definitely agree we need more of this and we need to change the definition of masculinity and eliminate like you said lovingly the toxicity that comes with it. I was also thinking when I saw your book that despite all the progress that we might have made in the past decades, there's still a lot of anti-feminist rhetoric that exists. So I'm curious if you got any backlash for the book or the title. Yes, I did. I did on two continents. So, you know, in the US as well as in India, you know, there's some backlash where people just like some hate mail from men saying, you know, oh, I feel sorry for your son. You must have been a terrible mother. Why would you do this to him? Why would you love him? Yeah. But what I will hold closer to my heart and what has made much more of an impact on me is how many men have written to me about their loneliness, about how this book touched something in them. And it's not just fathers, right? Uh, just young men, uh, men who either expect later to be fathers or men who found some commonality with the story as just as men, you know, in the, in the book. And I was surprised, like, how did you come across this book? Why would you read this book? I was really moved by the tender way in which they've written to say that they, they want to do better and uh, uh, something in the book has touched them. 
that has meant so much more to me than anything else. So, you know, the, the ones that don't want to come along into this new world that we are building, too bad for them, because I think there's going to be much more love and much more fun in, in our world. Yes, I love that. That makes me feel so hopeful that there are people who are coming along with us. We're not just fighting this battle alone. Right. Yeah. I wish you all the best with the book, Sonora. I think it's a book that should be more popular and more people should be reading it because we definitely need it. Thank you so much, Zaman. Thank you for your great questions and thank you for doing this this uh, show. It's so lovely. Listeners, do check out Sonora's important book, How to Raise a Feminist Son, and I'll meet you again next week with a new guest. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11 Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you like this episode, please leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11QuestionsPod for more videos and updates. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye!